0: Up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Thank you for staying on on Tony's Tech Side. When people decide to start a business, they usually have a great idea and some money to invest in the business. Some people choose to start the business by themselves or with family members, others have partners or investors who may or may not be involved with the day to day affairs of the business. Developing a new idea. Creating a website, getting customers, and raising funding for your startup are all exciting ideas and things which are usually at the top of a founder's list, but dealing with legal issues will most likely not be in the top five on the list of any founder. Sadly, strong legal protection is an imperative to building a startup as this can keep you from getting investments and expanding later on, or you could even crush the startup totally. If you do believe that all you need is a good idea and some funding then let's help you better understand why your startup needs legal protection. We have a lawyer who advises on intellectual property, information technology, and startup law and has a growing interest in blockchain technology and e-sports. He is an associate at Infusion Lawyers He's a member of Policy and Regulations Committee at CBAN, Stakeholders in Blockchain Technology Association of Nigeria, a self-regulatory body in Nigeria's emerging blockchain industry. Gabriel Eze is our guest. Welcome, Gabriel.
1: Thank you very much, Tony. It's a pleasure being here again.
0: Some startup founders would rather begin their startup before getting legal protection. How risky is this and what kind of documentation should be considered before the start of a startup? This is for those who haven't started the journey at all.
1: We are going to be very realistic, right? Very practical. It's not everyone who gets to start something or who thinks he or she has a million dollar idea that almost immediately would start considering legal protection for is our startups. If you look at the big brands that we have in the world today, I do not think that almost immediately they started out, started looking for how they can protect their business legally. But along the line, this is something startup founders must realize that depending on the kind of startup though, founders must realize that it's very, very essential if they are going to scale their business to the next phase or if their business will become that next big thing. In the market or in the field where they play so i'm saying that it's not necessarily the case that as soon as one starts is or business or founds a startup and that they immediately um, go for all the legal and satisfy all the legal requirements but it's very important now what are those legal protection that startups should consider depending on the nature of the startup it's very important that first the business would have to be registered, right? You will have startups in Nigeria, those who intend to, you, they will have to be registered. And to be able to do that, the first thing on the list is to determine um, the nature of the business. You need to ask startup founders, need to ask themselves, um, what kind of business am I actually running? And that will determine the kind of legal protection or the kind of registration to do for instance, some people don't necessarily need to immediately register their startup as a company because depending on the kind of registration that is done, uh, they come with certain responsibilities. So for some startup founders, depending on the nature too and in the space that they play in, some may just need to register their business as what we call in the law a business name, right? Uh, because it adds advantages so that they can get along. What happens when you uh, register uh, a startup or a small business registers a business name is that that business is able to get a, you know an account in the name of the business and it gives it some form of credibility. And that's just a, um, a, a thing or two about that. Then depending on the nature of the startup, it sometimes the, the, the startup could say, okay, I want to register it as a company in Nigeria, Right. And most of the times, what is usually the case is that it's usually most form of companies in Nigeria are usually the private company that are limited by shares. So uh, you could say, okay, because of the volume of work, I'll register this business as a private limited company, for instance. Or some could say, okay, because of the nature of my startup, you know, it's not everybody that is going into business to make profits or for the purpose of making profits. Some could. Okay, I think I have a passion to reach out to children in the slums or to send children back to school, those children that we see walking, you know, or to stop child abuse or child trafficking and the rest of them. So because of that purpose in my heart or in that status standard's heart, it will now determine the nature of company that he or she should register under the law. And that will bring uh, you start looking at starting a foundation and that will be what we call incorporated trustee under the law. So depending on the nature of the startup, you will now know what kind of business to do. Then, of course, where the business is already registered, whether as a company or a business name or as an incorporated trustee, and depending again, everything boils down to the nature of the, the business. So depending on the nature of the business, you now need to consider certain regulatory compliances, right? So so it's not something we want to digging in now but depending on the nature of the business it will now help you to know what sector specific regulations to comply with for instance if i want to go into fintech financial technology right i already know that i will need to interface with the cbn i will need to interface with probably the sec and some of these financial regulatory bodies that will be different if say i want to i'm doing something around technology or probably i want to import uh, some form of technology into nigeria so the keyword is this depending on the nature of the business of what i want to start it will determine the kind of legal protection that i would have thank you
0: yeah so small businesses sole proprietorship i would just want like a some certain clarification on so business sole proprietorship do they need any form of registration or any form of licensing whatsoever if Someone is just going to do just a sole proprietorship.
1: Yes, that falls under um that we need to register that business as a business name, right? Yes, as a business name, you have the opportunity to, like I did one recently, you have the opportunity to either register that business name as a sole proprietorship or as um you could you could have two or more persons starting a small business because it's not always the case that it's um, one person um, having to start a business. So you could register it as a business name and have many proprietors, maybe two to three proprietors. Yeah. So what they would need uh, is um, to register that business as a business name. Then, depending on the scale, if they now feel they need to move to scale up or to move on to the next big thing, then they can, you know, press onto other options.
0: Okay, let's go into contracts, a little bit of contracts, because small businesses and startups almost always have to engage with investors, sometimes suppliers, contractors, depending on how big the business is or other parties. And this will include disclosing some sensitive and key information about the business. At the surface level, what kind of protection is imperative, is important to consider for a startup involved in such?
1: Well, again, it depends on... The nature of the business. Now, if you're looking to engage with investors, suppliers, or even contractors, you know, it is natural that they will have access to some of your confidential business information. And this could include anything from your internal business administration documents to your client databases. The last thing you want is somebody using that information and sharing it with others or taking advantage of the newfound knowledge Now, this is where an NDA comes in, right? An NDA is simply called the acronym for a non-disclosure agreement. So, in many ways, an NDA protects confidential information that could also be seen as the intellectual, in quote, intellectual property of your business. So there are many ways of doing that, but when when it comes to in this sense, in the light with, with which you have put it, you want to protect confidential confidential or proprietary information of your business, then uh, an NDA will do. But we must also understand that an NDA is just a is a legal contract between two or more parties who are to share confidential materials information. So now what this means is that it's not binding. If you if I enter into an NDA agreement with you, it's not binding on any other person other than you and me, the parties to. The agreement so nda basically is not something you register there is no law requiring no requirement under the law for the registration of an nda but once it is contracted into or entered into the law recognizes it but we must also know that it has its limitation let me just see so when do one need an nba i think it's very important because some persons it's not enough to just talk about an nba i'll just give um say three reasons One is when you are entering into a business deal. It's very important. So if you are inviting a vendor or a consultant and want to ensure that the information you share is not unduly disclosed or exploited, so having an NDA signed by the other party is strongly advisable. So in early stage startups and some information-sensitive companies, it is very important that you make an employee sign an NDA. Sometimes even when you have people working in your firm, in your company, and, depend, and if your company is a very um, information-sensitive one, then you may need to ask um, startup founders, We may need to ask the employee to sign an NDA. So this helps in ensuring that their strategies and their projected numbers and other financial business or proprietary information do not go out of the system without due authorization. So that's one. The second instance where you would need um EGOS to where you would need to sign an NDA is while you're starting a new project. So let's say you just established a business and you're planning to start off a new project. This would require the involvement of both internal and you know external stakeholders. So it is advised to sign off an NDA so as to avoid any form of ambiguity, very important, or claims that may arise from either end at any point in time. So the last I would give is, when is it very important? When is it At what instant should I sign an NDA? While you're talking to investors or during mergers and acquisition, very important. You don't want to know. how many people that has got their hands burnt. How many people that have lost their, you know, precious intellectual thefts just be taken. When you're doing an M and A, you know, merger and acquisition, or you're talking to an investor, the practice is almost becoming obsolete now. But it's still very important that you one goes into when talking with investors goes. You know, i sure that they do, you know. So you should, you should, but when you are doing so, when, you should have some form of justification as to why signing an NDA is needed. So these are the, the three basic things. I hope that stand, uh, startup founders listening to me, entrepreneurs or business owners uh, actually take note of, it will help them.
0: Yeah, so most startups, especially in the tech ecosystem would most likely raise funds as they progress and as a, as a scale the issue of raising funds allocating partner shares granting equity that comes up could you share some blind sides that are usually overlooked by startups in this process
1: wow you know this one tells me i don't know why i have this um it touches me in a very special way you know most often than not <laughs> Life does not give us the chance to determine how certain things would end up, you know, Even when those things eventually happen down the road. But when given the chance to be able to control or have some level of control over how things would turn upon certain eventualities, especially in our business relationships, you know, we're often happy to jump on those chances. So sometimes I wonder why so many founders and business partners today often neglect, fail, or refuse to jump at the chance of arranging their business affairs or relationships in a way that helps them have some level of control over issues, you know? So one of those things that every entrepreneur, business partner, or anyone hoping to scale it big or those looking for some sort of funding already in the process is to have a comprehensive um, one of those things, you know? A shareholder agreement, investors agreement, and the rest of them. The thing is, uh, a business idea is not enough. It's not enough to just have a business idea. It's not enough to say I have this idea. So you you need to have one of those important documents. I, I think I want to dwell on it. You know, it's to have a shareholders agreement. It's very, very important. So why trust is important? You know, one of those things that happens with, especially among even business founders, uh, we trust ourselves. I know he will not do me (laughs) bad. Why trust is important in business? You don't want to leave your startup, you know, unprotected, believing that your friends, families, or partners will keep to their own side of the bargain. And so you also don't want your startup to evolve into a hub for unhealthy rivalry and rancor among team members. So each member, rightly or wrongly, and this is the most uh, one of the funny things about this each member, rightly or wrongly, may believe that he or she has invested so much time or money or both into the business and as such is entitled to certain returns on investment. So this is why a shareholder agreement is very important. Now I'll give you some practical considerations or and clauses that shareholders. Or founders, or investors, or those seeking funds should look at the number of them. But let me see if I can touch on the few. Right, um, one of it, one of those considerations uh, they should look at is the issue of valuation. Very important valuation. Now, when you wish to allot shares in your startup, it must be that you expect an exchange of value, isn't it? So. But to be able to determine what amounts of shares to, is allotted to a shareholder or to an investor, isn't it in logical that you have? It's very important that startup founders ask themselves what's the worth of the share that they are about to give out, and also whether they are getting in return for their shares something commensurate. So if you consider that value is commensurate, does the shareholder agree with your valuation? These are also very important considerations even when what you you think you're giving out is commensurate does the other person at the other end does he agree with that valuation so that is why it's very important that startup founders entrepreneurs innovators and the rest will need a valuation formula now to keep the valuation the valuation has to be reasonable and realistic but it's also very vital especially you know when you're going into this kind of deal that we talked about so this valuation is one of those things right and we had a case very recently at the firm where an investor had promised, had agreed, signed all the documents to bring in a certain amount of money. But all of a sudden came back to tell our clients that, look, the money we want to pump into this business, we don't have it readily available now, the cash. And was asking our client to still make um, him or her, to make, let me use suppose, a email, to make him a director in the company because the next stage was we wanted to register the business, I mean the company, for the client. So this investor, who has not, brought in the money or the cash that he, he has, uh, you know, signed off to do, was saying, okay, please, uh, pending when I bring in my cash, can you still make me a director in this company that is about to be formed? You, do you see that? So how do you manage that situation? So this is where you would need to consider the issue of payment or other consideration. Sometimes you may have people coming into the business who may not necessarily be bringing money. There's something that will quit you, Right. Sometimes some um, uh, investors or shareholders may have given things that are not in monetary value. They they are giving them their time. Sometimes their technical expertise and the rest of them. How do you measure those kind of stuff? How do you measure it into monetary equivalent? So this is very important. Now, I'll mention one more, and I I think I'll call it a wrap here. There's something called vesting. It's very important. If a startup or business fails to insert a investing clause in is a shareholder agreement or even an investor's agreement, you know, the unintended consequence is that upon allotment of shares to the shareholder, transfer becomes absolute, subject to no conditions. And this is highly risky. Without share vesting, the benefits of retention as well as postponing dividends payout are lost. I know I'm speaking to many technical things now. Uh, let me see. I need to break it down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, investing simply is that is that is a kind of arrangement that just um, helps you to say okay before I start paying you my investor or my shareholder before I start paying you your your, your dividends these are the things that I expect uh, these are the timeline I expect you to meet right these are the timelines I expect you to meet these are the things that I expect you to, uh, to have done before you are be entitled to getting this percentage of the kind of investing. Doors. Startups commonly have a four-year vesting schedule, you know, on a on a monthly basis. So basically, that's this is what it's about. So you need to have that thing called investing. You have to have that. You have to consider it very well when going out when startup founders are, you know, sourcing funds or you want to have somebody come to your business as a shareholder. So you just don't want to give anybody anything without them making. In you know, putting in commensurate efforts, you know, and value into the business, that's what vesting a vesting clause will help you to do. Now you can now see that in all of these things, you now see why you need a lawyer to be able to help you do them, you know, to, to be able to cater for these needs, these legal needs, uh, so that you are uh, able to um, minimize business and legal risks. So these are a few considerations that um, a, a startup should look at.
0: Okay, let's uh, look at this. Some people, is it better to start up the business and then based on vibes and inshallah, you decide the structure your business will go or it's better to know the legal implications of starting whatever structure of business you want to start before going into it at all?
1: I think I, I already took care of this in my introductory statement. The truth is, you know, when they say you, you don't build castles, in the air. It's not entirely true. Actually, castles, you know, ideas usually start in the air. Castles are built in the air, but the, the thing is, you have to bring that castle down to the ground. You know, it's not always very practicable that as soon as someone has an idea, an idea, it's not always the case that, especially for startups, I mean, small businesses now, SMEs, that um, the next thing they are thinking of is how to find a legal protection. For it. it is not always the case except uh, you know and I, I use the word said when, when we started this conversation i I, I was you always heard, heard me mentioning depending on the nature of the business so there are some businesses that are information sensitive ahead, uh, so those kind of businesses uh, you may want to start you mo- you may want to start looking at the legal consequences where you do not take uh, legal matters very seriously but this is not to discourage this is not to say, that businesses, founders, or startups, small businesses should not, should not consider these uh, legal implications. As soon as practicable, they should immediately start considering it because that is what will give their business a solid-proof foundation. And if they hope to do that business on a large scale, then they would need to consider some of those things. So it's very important that they consider them at the early stage, from the word go of the business, they need to start considering it. It's very important.
0: Beautiful. So I don't
1: know if I answered your yes,
0: question. Yes, that, that one was for those who really didn't catch it exactly at as you just said it now at the early stage of the discussion. Now, finally, what cost should a startup consider to invest in getting legal counsel? And um, how do they know that they are getting what they paid for? Like they're getting the kind of service they paid for. What costs, what, what's like an estimate amount uh, that the startup should consider to invest when you're thinking of getting legal counsel and protection and how do they know that okay, they are um, exactly well, paying for the service?
1: While I may not be able to tell you, it doesn't really cost much, especially if you have, if startups are able to locate law firms that are startup friendly like us, you know. Uh, I for one am particular about startups, so I've devoted the last... Um, Three years of my career, you know, helps self-founders, you know, to, to be able to navigate these issues. So that's it. It doesn't really cost much.
0: Okay. We'll be speaking to a lawyer who advises on intellectual property, information technology, and startup yeah. law. And uh, someone who has a growing interest in blockchain technology and esports. He's an associate at Infusion Lawyers. He's a member of the Policy and Regulations Committee at CBAN. CBAN is stakeholders in Blockchain Technology Association of Nigeria, a self-regulatory body in Nigeria's emerging blockchain industry. Gabriel Aze, thank you very much for the time and for the insight today. So the last thing you want is somebody using the information you have as a startup and sharing it with others or taking advantage of your newfound ideas. So Get proper legal counsel today and get the legal protection that your startup needs.